Welcome to The Marissa Morrison Show, where you'll discover your inner power to create the life you desire. I'm Marissa, and I began my business as a 19-year-old, single mom, broke, and in college. Today, I run a seven-figure business that teaches entrepreneurs how they can have it all without the frustration and overwhelm. Abundance, peace, joy, and overflowing love are available to you. And I'm here to show you the way to a richer, more vibrant life that radiates into your business, bringing you higher profits and profound fulfillment. You see, when you connect with the miracle that is you, you become an unstoppable force that doesn't need to push for success. Consider this an invitation to step into a new world of possibilities, empowering perspectives, and radical breakthroughs. Buckle up and get ready to see the world around you in an entirely new light. This is your life, and you don't need to wait to experience your dreams. It all starts now. I'm so excited to share that I have something brand new for you. It's a new series empowering you to discover your own version of success. You see, we often view success as a linear path. Most of us were raised to believe that there's only one path. But the path to success looks different for everyone. In fact, at one point in my own journey, my family thought I was failing. And to be honest, I did too. But I wasn't. I was on my way to a life beyond my wildest dreams. And over the coming months, I'll be sharing heart-to-heart conversations with previous students of mine that have also carved their own path to success. To be honest, some of these were recorded last year And I've been keeping them secret until the perfect time, which is right now. My hope for you is that you come to see that you are right where you need to be and that you are not alone. These remarkable women share the struggles they faced along the way. And I'd bet that you've faced a few of the same challenges too. Through their vulnerable stories, you'll gain insight on what it takes to build a business and life you love. And above all, you'll be empowered to create your very own version of success. Welcome to the Photography Business Interview Series. Cheryl Cole began her journey in photographer as fate would have it at the young age of 14 when her father gifted her her first camera with one requirement. She could only shoot in manual. Her passion for photography grew quickly, but she didn't discover exactly how she would turn this passion into a career until many years later. Today, Cheryl is sharing the experiences that led her to where she is today. In a few short years, Cheryl has not only built a thriving business that attracts her dream clients, but she has also increased her average bookings by over $8,000. But her journey isn't over yet. Cheryl's vivacious personality is contagious, and she brings joy to all that she meets. There is no limit to what's possible for Cheryl, and we're going to learn exactly what it took and where she sees herself going next. Welcome to the show, Cheryl. Hey. <laughs> I am so excited you're here. You are so beautiful and glowing as always. Thank you for having me. Same to you. You're stunning. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. So let's jump right in. Tell me about your journey from the age of 14 until you discovered like, okay, let's do this. Let's go for it. Well, okay. So when I was 14, I woke up one morning and went to my dad and said, like, I would love to be able to share with people how I see things in the world. Like, 
I was framing things in my mind without ever knowing what composition was, things like that. And he said, I will buy you, like you said, I will buy you your first camera under one condition. And that condition is that you only shoot in manual. So he bought me a little Canon or a Nikon. And um, I literally sat in my backyard in the Rose Garden for the first like six months learning shutter speed and aperture and things like that. What I didn't know when I first asked him for my camera was that he was a film photographer. He had never pushed his like his interests, his hobbies on the kids or anything. He was literally just waiting for one of us to ask about photography. And ever since, no matter where I go, I've always had a camera on me. So it was really cool to start. Since then, I did runway photography in New York when I turned 16. My dad uh, worked in New York City. Sometimes he was a lawyer. And so it was an easy progression for me to go to New York and do runway photography. And it was awesome. I loved the super fast-paced boom, 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 boom. I learned even more. And then I went to college. And I wasn't your typical photographer in college. I didn't do, like, photography courses. Um, I didn't do portraits. I didn't do cap and gowns, nothing like that. I did wildlife photography. So with my biology degree, I traveled all over the world to the Serengeti, to Vietnam, to Cambodia, to Bali, to Australia, things like that. And I always had my camera. And from there, I got contract work through like Nat Geo and GoPro and things like that. Loving it as a hobby, not knowing how that could ever make me money. Like (laughs) you just, you, you figure it out. So. I graduated from college with a degree in biology and a million different concentrations and minors, not knowing what I wanted to do in life. (laughs) Just um, like I explored, I was a dive master. I lived in the Bahamas and like pointed at marine life for people and things like that. Always had a camera on me, but never knew how to make it into something more. And then a few years later, my friends started getting engaged and they all started saying, hey, Cheryl, you're good with a camera. Shoot my wedding. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do that. That sounds terrible. Um, and they're like, hey, shoot my wedding. Hey, shoot my wedding. I kept saying no. I kept saying no. Till a dear friend of mine, she actually just celebrated her three-year anniversary and she's pregnant. I'm flying up to Alaska to do her uh, maternity soon. But she asked me, she's like, hey, me and my boyfriend, we're about to move for work. We're getting engaged. We're getting married next month. Please just bring your camera and do photos. Like, I beg of you. She offered me $200. I accepted on $200 and I think like a happy hour. She was going to buy me drinks. <laughs> and so I shot that wedding. Like, it was very casual. It's very low stakes. So I wasn't that nervous about it. I just like pretty portraits, maybe. I barely knew the concept of like the flow of the day, things like that shot her wedding. My partner, who's now my partner shooter, Will, he had no interest in photography, but he drove the bride and I around all day to like her hair appointment (laughs) to the venue and he dressed up as a chauffeur. And it was very casual and very funny, but it fed in me like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I had so much fun and it just made this life in me. And I was like, this is what I have to be doing. And because they were such dear friends, I had almost a casual nature with them, like chit-chatting. Like it can be just a regular day where you happen to be marrying your best friend. Like it is a big deal and it's very special, but like it shouldn't be stressful. And like, so ever since I have brought that energy into every single one of my weddings, I treat all of my clients like best friends because by the time their wedding comes, 
I know them. They know me. We know each other's lives. Like I do each of my weddings so that on the wedding day, they're calm and relaxed when they see a camera in their face. And that's how I get those authentic moments. So that's been the progression of like photography <laughs> into weddings. And now I'm in my, when was Ohika? So the entire retreat at Ohika was July, 2021. Okay. So July, 2021, before I was I had booked like six or seven weddings, all beautiful weddings, but it was during that COVID time. So it was very small and intimate, like 30 people in a backyard kind of thing. So I was shooting them by myself, really, until one day, Will, my now partner shooter, looked over at me on my computer and like started saying like, oh, you should have like cropped it this way. Like he was backseat driving with editing. (laughs) I was like, you think you can do it better? And he was like, I mean, I'd like to try. (laughs) And he's brilliant. And I trained him. I taught him everything that I knew. He's a quick learner. And he's now been with me this entire time since. But really, it was Ohika that put the fire in me to make it a full-time career. Before then, it was like 10 weddings, like $2,500 a piece, maybe $2,000 a piece. I don't really remember. I jumped from the $200 in happy hour the next wedding because I realized how much work it was. (laughs) (laughs) like oh yeah 10 hours for a wedding day sure didn't realize it was 80 on the back end to edit oh yeah (laughs) not like a portrait session or like a landscape where it's just like oh bring the exposure up and like drop the highlights but then we started shooting them with him and ohika like it really put a fire in me to make this a full-time career where I wasn't just like, oh, on weekends, it's something fun to do. Like, it is my passion and I want to be really good at it. And so when I got there to your inspired tree, we like each of us, we stood up and we were told like, oh, say something that's important to you that you want to get out of this inspired tree. And every person, they're like, oh, we want beautiful portraits, like networking, like all this kind of stuff, like fantastic, which is awesome. I had never shot a castle But everybody stood up and it was my turn to stand up. And I just spoke from my heart, didn't have it pre-planned, didn't know what I was going to say. And I looked around in the room and I was like, I want photographer friends. (laughs) (laughs) Literally what I wanted. I drove from New Orleans, Louisiana to New York, south of Manhattan, like 20 something hours, Canton National Parks the entire way. And I get there and I'm like, I just want photography friends. Like, I want a community. I have such dear friends at home that are so supportive of me, but I cannot talk to them about editing. Or does this photo look right? Is it too green? Is it too orange? Is it too magenta? Like, little things like that. I didn't know. Like, I didn't have a community people to talk with that about. And that was when girls started coming up to me and God and be like, we want photography friends too. <laughs> and ever since I've had such a strong support group, like there are girls that I text every single day. I shoot weddings with right before this podcast, a dear friend of mine asked me to second shoot with him for a dream venue that I've always wanted to shoot. So I was like, absolutely drop everything. And it's because of that community and that strength that I have propelled since 2021 to what I am today. It's a lot of work on my end and it's a lot of 90-hour weeks of editing and shooting weddings and contracts and this and that and the other, but I wouldn't be where I am today without my community, my bestie. That's amazing. (laughs) What a journey you've been on. You know who I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, of course. They're amazing. (laughs) Such great support system. So going back to your journey, 
shooting the runway and traveling the world. How do you feel like those experiences prepared you for stepping into this documenting weddings? So doing runway photography, it was so fast paced and the lighting was Mm -hmm. so difficult. Like you're in a dark room with like bright lights moving around and everything. And like it would change from like athletic wear to white dresses to this to that. And like we even had people like dancing on the stage and like having to adjust that quickly with no one next to me helping me. Like I barely knew how to do flash. I barely like anything back Mm -hmm. then. And you just are thrown into the deep end and you had to figure it out. And that's kind of how I went into my first wedding. I didn't have anybody to ask. It was like a 2 p.m. on green grass outdoor wedding. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. (laughs) No reflectors, nothing. I was like, oh, yeah, putting them under this tree will be beautiful. Then I'm in post. I'm like, why is she so green? I had no idea. (laughs) Um, But runway photography, it taught me to be on my feet for like 15, 16 hours a day. Go, go, go. And the constant changing my settings back then. Now I don't even think about my settings. Like my camera is my appendage. And like, I just see a situation. I don't even look down. And then I take the photo. And I think it's because of that practice. Like, I think there's a saying, you become a master of something if you do it for over 2,000 hours. And when it came to the photography aspect, I've been doing it my entire life. Like, absolutely. I love photography. And then the traveling the world aspect of it, I love learning about different cultures. I love learning about different religions. I love learning about different ways of life. I always tried my best to immerse myself into other cultures, especially like ones that were so different than like my Louisiana Christian Catholic white upbringing, like Mm -hmm. trying to immerse and learn rather than trying to stand out. And so when it came to weddings, like I've been so fortunate to like photograph like Muslim weddings and nikahs, and I've got a huge Pakistani wedding, a four day and less than a month and like things like that. It's so enriching for my soul And I think I benefit, like one of my strengths is through travel, I'm not as culture shocked or I'm not like, wait, why would you do it that way? Why not? Why would you wear a red dress instead of a white folk? I like little things like that. Like I appreciate it. I understand it. I acknowledge it and I find beauty in all of it. And I feel really comfortable in all those situations. Like put me in a scarf. I'm happy. (laughs) It's amazing. It's like your dad knew that all of this was coming. He's like, you're going to be great one day. You just don't know yet. (laughs) And that was the thing. He passed when I turned 18. So by the time I was going off to college, he passed away in July and I started in August. And so the part of me that I kept alive of him was my camera, always having my camera with me. I never thought that I would make it into a full-time career. There was a time when I wanted to go to vet school. My degree was in wildlife biology. I had all the prereqs to go to vet school. I did not want to go to vet school because I can't handle the sadness of animals being sick. (laughs) And I I learned that in the Serengeti very quickly. Like little things like that. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a lawyer. He always said, don't be a lawyer like him. He wanted me to do something that brought me joy every day. So when I finally had that aha moment with wedding photography, I was like, this truly brings me joy every day. So like every day that I'm working and editing and like learning more about my craft and like going to a wedding and shooting it, like it feels like he's with me, which is a cool way to honor him. So I love that. That's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> he's watching you and I'm sure he's that he, he is so proud of you. All of his years of working hard so that I could do something that I love. 
Like That's it's, amazing. It's a really cool aspect of photography for me. So when you did that first wedding, you knew in that moment that this was it for you. How did you go about starting to tell people? So in college, my friends, like I went to a very small liberal arts school called Millsats in Jackson, Mississippi. So there was only 800 people. And so they all knew I did photography. I just didn't do the kind of photography they wanted back then. They wanted like headshots for the yearbook or like engagement pictures, which I just had no, like, I didn't even have a concept of engagement photos back then. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like our cap and gowns, like, and it all seemed to me like collegiate. Like it wasn't my style, not that I knew my style at that point, but they all knew I was a photographer. So once my friend Christine posted her wedding photos and said, Cheryl did these, I started getting a lot of text messages. And it was, hey, I'm getting engaged. Hey, what's your availability for December? Hey, would you please? And I was overwhelmed. I was like, this is incredible. This is so generous, but I'm not good at this yet. Like I didn't have an LLC. I didn't have a name. Like I had just made, when they started emailing me, a professional email address. And I was like, I barely know how to do that. But I started second shooting for photographers. Anyone who would let me, I would literally roll film for people. Like friends early, early on were so generous with their time. And now like I have them come in third and second shoot for me sometimes with just letting me go and watch. And I still do that to this day. Like I will take on second shooting or third shooting or just assisting like with Sophie. <laughs> when, we, <laughs> uh, when we worked together, I like... Barely got paid for that. It wasn't about the money. It was a 10-hour day. And I literally watched her interacting with clients while I rolled film. And like, because of that, like you still, like no matter what, like I'm booking fantastic now. I have my dream clients. I'm so happy. But I would never think that I'm done learning. Like I am constantly, constantly trying to like hone in my craft and find my voice. And I feel like I'm still doing that to this day, but it's fantastic. So yeah, I started second shooting third shooting, rolling film, helping. And then I was accepting these weddings for a year out. And I was like, oh, by the time that wedding comes in a year from now, I'll be great. (laughs) 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 It was that kind of like naivete. (laughs) Let's do this. Yeah, let's jump in the deep end. What's the worst that's going to happen? Me not beautifully capture the most important day of our life. (laughs) No, it all wound up being great. And COVID was for me actually like a blessing to an extent, like to make it a silver lining. The smaller weddings allowed me the intimacy with the bride and the groom or the bride and the bride or the groom with the groom. Like you get a lot more hands on time with the families. It's a lot less rush. It's a lot more like we're not dealing with venue coordinators and things like that. So like if it's at home, the timeline, like I could grow the timeline with the couple to fit the desires they want for the day, the desires that like I want for them, like I don't want them to be rushed through portraits. So let's make it this long while they do a little cocktail hour, but cocktail hour in a backyard while you're doing portraits is the family members to the side smiling. So of course I turn and then take pictures of them. And so like I got to really hone in my style and how I like those candid, authentic moments and little things like that. So once lockdown lifted and the bigger wedding started coming back, I kept that style, like the intimacy of it. So even when I would have like a 500 person wedding, I still get those like grandma dancing with the groom and holding hands with him and like little things like that. Cause I had fallen in love with those moments so much earlier on. 
I love that. It's almost as if you've developed your process through your experiences. You've learned and picked up little things through every single wedding and watching and observing, and you've kind of made it your own. Yeah. And I'm still trying. <laughs> still figuring it out. Um, but yeah, it's it's been an incredible journey. And I've been so fortunate. And really, I couldn't do it without a, such a supportive team. Like my family is so supportive. Like every single one of my family members, like they know that I'm not going to be at Saturday events because I'm shooting a wedding. And they always send me like my grandma knows my wedding schedule. Good luck at your wedding. Love you. Like little things like that. Like I, I have a family that's so supportive of like a true career as an artist because so many people, they're like, oh, you can't make money like doing that. You need an office job. You need a this, you need a that. And my family never pushed that of me. If, if I wanted to go be a dive master in the Keys, like they would support me. They would encourage me. Like if I wanted to be a photographer and try that out, they were going to encourage me. So like having that backbone and that confidence and like that support system really did help. It was such a benefit. That's awesome. Do yeah. you feel like that was part of, you know, having that backbone, knowing that you had that support was the confidence that you really needed to say, all right, Cheryl, we're really going to do this. Yeah, I really do think I needed that support from them. I had always had it, but I didn't know how far I could push it. (laughs) (laughs) If that makes sense. Oh, yeah. And because I didn't know the steps to make it a full-time job, I kind of just fell into weddings. So Mm -hmm. like then like what happens when you run out of friends who are getting married, like that kind of thing. And then I had to learn about like marketing and word of mouth and like referrals and things like that. But yeah, the support was the confidence that I needed to do it. If I didn't have that support system, I'd probably, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. (laughs) I'd be somewhere with my camera. I just don't know if I would have a full-time photography business and LLC and things like that. Well, thank goodness for grandma. Thank goodness for grandma and mom and my partner, Will. (laughs) Absolutely. So what were some struggles that you faced in the first couple of years when you were like, you know, going for it, you weren't quite that full-time or really hadn't established what made you so special in that realm? What were some struggles that you faced? I think a lot of it was how I was going about trying to become a photographer. I would look at other people's work. I would look at like famous photographers and like see what their work looked like. And oh my God, they have 20,000 followers, Marissa. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like, oh, that's how they shoot. So that's how I'm supposed to be shooting or looking at publications and be like, this is what they're looking for. See how they shoot it like this and this and this. And like looking at all of that and then trying to make my shooting style match that Mm. was the thing that slowed me down the most. I was constantly comparing myself, constantly trying to shoot in a way that wasn't inspiring to me and so much so like it wasn't inspiring to others or I was trying to match a style in such a way that the people that would hire me expected a different look than what was truly inspiring for me. So like I think the first couple years of my career, I truly was just trying to figure out my voice and my style. And once I honed that in, now every day is a party. Like editing is not a struggle. <laughs> like shooting a wedding is not a struggle. I literally just trust my gut. There are like, of course, get the getting ready portraits and the ceremony and the portraits together, the first look and then the reception. Like there's the there's the bare bones, the meat and potatoes of it. But that stuff in between, that magic that makes me go, wait, 
click. Like little things like that. I wasn't listening to that voice early on. Mm-hmm. And I now, that voice is literally like shouting so much so that <laughs> my clients, like if they see an arch and they see the twinkle in my eye, they're like, oh, we're taking a picture with that arch. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you, yeah, we are. <laughs> and it's How did you know? Cover, cover of your gallery. <laughs> that's amazing like if there's a staircase with a dark shadow we're doing it sorry (laughs) it'll take two seconds and i promise you will print it for your home like little things like that but that takes years that takes confidence that takes risk um because it's so easy to just do not the bare minimum but like do what's expected of you Mm -hmm. and i it's not fun if I just do what's expected of me. And I like to have fun. <laughs> so it's going above and beyond, like for my little artistic heart, but also for my clients. They come to me because they want those aha photos, the ones that they didn't see on Pinterest, they didn't see on Instagram. It's just like those authentic moments that like my little ADD rattled mind is like, oh, wait, that right there, stay. <laughs> little things like that that are inspiring. And if they feel like they're a part of it, and I talk so much with my couples leading up to the wedding, if they feel like they're a part of it and I hear what their style is and what their inspirations are and what's important to them, they feel so much more attached to the art as well because they were a part of it. So it's that beautiful melding of my art with like my client's input that really makes their weddings individual to them, which I find so much fun. That is so much fun. That's what makes it so fulfilling. And you know, yeah, you know, I see in this industry, there is this constant comparison, this constant, you know, essentially putting your artistry or what could be in a box and saying, If I fit this box because I'm seeing it everywhere else, that means that I'll be successful. And then at the end of that, there's this, okay, what's next? Like, where's the fulfillment? Where's the part that I'm bringing to the table? And it's so beautiful to see that you found that. And I see it so much. And I know that it's more than just in the art. I think it's you also in your amazing, like I referenced in the beginning, your vivacious personality and joy. I think that that certainly brings element and the energy that you feel in the couples. When you go back to that part, that part of your journey where you were like in that space of being in the box, what was the turning point where you were like, let me try something a little different. Let me push a little more. Where did you find that acceptance and allowance for yourself? I think I was doing engagement sessions that my clients were having fun because I'm hilarious. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, but I wasn't proud enough to post those sessions afterwards. Like you only post what you want to attract And they had a great experience. They wrote reviews. They sent me thank you notes, things like that. But it wasn't what I wanted. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted. So I reached out to clients and like clients that had already booked me that I want to try a little something different. What do you think? We can still do the meat and potatoes, look at each other in the eyes and hug and kiss and like the sweet stuff. I like what I call the refrigerator pose where it's just like looking at the camera and both of y'all just like shoulder to shoulder, very sweet. Like we can do that. But if you give me like an extra 45 minutes of you've paid for a two hour session, you want to get a little weird with it? (laughs) You want to you want to try something? These photos might be awful. And I would tell them that I'm like, these photos might be terrible and you'll never see the light of day and stuff like that. Or they're going to be the coolest photos ever. And it's going to be the stuff that you post because it's not the generic. And clients start saying, yeah. 
that's exactly what we want. Like, please. <laughs> so it was brave clients that were drawn to my personality and trusted that what I was going to do could be really, really cool. And luckily it paid off. Yeah. Yeah. Like so just it, open and honest. <laughs> yeah. Just coming out and saying, look, I have, I have this idea and I want to go for it. Yeah. Are you down? <laughs> yeah. And luckily I had clients very early on. They were like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Where did you find the acceptance to start posting it and to say, hey, this is what sets me apart, even knowing that, okay, this is a little out of the box? Um, honestly, if you look back at my Instagram, a lot of it's gone now from like two years ago. They are all gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I reshare sometimes. Um, my editing is so different now than it was back then that it just doesn't match anymore. A little too magenta. We've all had that phase. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But yep. <laughs> um, but I think it was my clients loved those photos so much, it gave me the confidence to post them. Like, okay, it's not just what I see on Instagram, what I see on Pinterest. Like, it's different. I had fun doing it. My clients had fun doing it. They're already posting them everywhere because they're the different ones. Like, hey, we're engaged. And it's like them on an air mattress in a lake with champagne, like all this crazy <laughs> stuff, which like I'm chest deep in Lake Pontchartrain, like with my camera like this, just being silly. Like, I think that gave me the confidence to just trust my gut and push my clients to be more self-expressive. Like if I was going to be more self-expressive myself, let's really hone in with my clients what makes their relationship personal. And that's where like the personalized engagement sessions came from. Like I did not want cookie cutter. Like I wanted instead of like, let's go to a park and take a picture. Oh no, we during COVID always walked our dogs through this park and he proposed in that park. So this park is special to me. So like on those calls, planning their engagement sessions, I'm always asking like, what makes this location special? What is sentimental? What is this? What is that? Like, what can we do in this engagement session so that when your friends and family, the people most important to you see these photos, they're like, oh yeah, that's so them. Like that's yeah. what I really strove for. And that takes a lot of work on the like front end, but it's so rewarding on the back end. Because one, you get to build a more intimate relationship with them. But two, you just get these like beautiful photos because they're more emotionally invested in it. Like it's not the water cooler turn and smile in the park. Like it's think about that first date you went on in the park or like let's bring oh, yeah. the dogs and like little things like that. It's just so special. So I think just making it personalized made it so much more rewarding for me as a photographer. I just kept going. Yeah, absolutely. It's like shutting the door on that comparison and judgment and opening the door to what am I actually here to do and what is actually most important. And it's the clients and the stories that you're telling. Exactly. And I get emotionally attached to my clients. So learning more and more about them, I think it's sweet. Like I'll meet a couple on the street and see an engagement ring or at a bar. And I'm not even trying to like get them as a client. I'm like, oh my God, I love your ring. How did you propose? <laughs> I just want to know that story no matter what. Like I'll meet a couple who have been married 30 years and be like, when did you know that was your future husband? Like, I want those <laughs> stories and that's how I treat my clients. I'm like, no, I want to know those stories. Like, I live and breathe weddings at this point. Like, I am constantly reading and learning about new trends and like this and that. But like, at the end of the day, I want the love story. <laughs> like, I'm a sucker for a love story. Like, my clients are my guilty pleasure chick flick. 
And being able to be a part of their love story and to preserve it for generations to come is my high. I just, I love it. And the more that you get to know your clients, the more personalized that experience can be for them. Absolutely. I feel that so deeply. I want to go into a little more. I referenced also in the beginning that you have this huge change in pricing. Yeah. So obviously you are bringing more value to the table through mm-hmm. serving your clients and being more genuine with them and focusing more on them, which is more value, which does warrant a price increase. But how <laughs> did you go about that? Was it a massive jump that you took or was it little by little? So when I was at $2,500, my couples were telling me that I was way too cheap. Wow. <laughs> they were a sign. telling me they knew. And my argument to them was you booked me a year ago. A year ago, I didn't even have an LLC. I did not have like business insurance. Like I didn't know what I was doing when you booked me. So like you get that price because you had faith in me. Like it was one of those kind of things. But on their wedding days, after their wedding days, things like that, they're like, you can't charge this. And then that coincided with meeting photography friends and going to Ohika. And like that really put a spark in me that like, okay, I'm doing this and I'm going to try to be the best version of myself I can be. I'm not going to just like skirt off the coattails of, oh, a friend of my friend is a photographer. You should book her. Like I wanted it to be like, no, my friend's a photographer. Look at her photos. Like I wanted that change. And so I upped my prices from 2,500 to 5,000 immediately. I knew if I jumped to 5,000, one, I knew how many hours that I worked on a wedding day. I don't do hourly packages. I do full day. That has a lot to do with it being a New Orleans wedding. Hair and makeup starts at like eight or nine, and there's always an after party till midnight. (laughs) So if I'm not there for some of that, I missed part of the story. And I like to tell the full story. That's always my argument to my couples so that they like will have me go to their after party and have a lot of fun because, oh, yeah fun. So I knew how much work it went on a t- like on that end. And I had a partner shooter. Will at this point has shot over 120 weddings with me. He's incredible. Half of the stuff I post on Instagram is his work. And I used to bring a step stool to my weddings because I'm five four. And for family portraits, you need to be a little bit higher up because people are tall or they're on stairs in the church and it's just a whole thing. He's six five. So now he just doesn't. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> He shoots the groom and like he and the groom always bond and we always bring whiskey and champagne and little things like that. So like the experience has changed so much that it warranted the price Um, and the education that I put into it, like the investment into myself, the investment into my equipment. I shoot film for all of my clients. So like the investment with film and learning film and developing it, it warranted that price bump almost immediately. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So 5000 then what was next? You did that immediately. How did that go? Um, A lot of people balked at that. Like I would get inquiries all the time at 2500 I never posted my prices on my website. I always, they would send an inquiry and then I would send them my pricing guide. And I always said that prices were, um, what was it? Customized. Like you can add a boudoir session, which I love. Add a honeymoon, like all different kinds of stuff. But like the hourly, it's just day of. I'm not going to go like if we're only doing an eight hour wedding day, I'm not going to go and do a session before your wedding. Like, no, like you've got me for the day. Use me for the day. So it was kind of crickets in the beginning. But as I kept posting my newer and newer stuff. Oh, and with my $2,500 weddings, they were beautiful. 
Like there's nothing to scoff at. Like one of my $2,500 weddings early on in my career, I still post to this day because I shot them like it was an editorial because I couldn't afford to do editorials. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) The way to like build up for photographers out there, the way to build up your portfolio if you don't have clients is to do editorials. The editorials are expensive (laughs) because you have to hire models or get clients or couples and like gals and like it costs a lot. So I would shoot those early on weddings like editorials, like get artistic with it, like get those environment shots or venue shots and like the trees and the light and the beautiful portraits. Like I would shoot them like they were $10,000 weddings. Like what I wanted it, like my aspirational, I would shoot it like that. So by the time I got to the 5,000, I already had a decent portfolio. So over time and posting and like putting full galleries on my website, things like that. Oh, and I completely changed my website. I had a Squarespace. When you and I first met, it was this terrible Squarespace. I've deleted it. It is gone. Um, but it was first, it's like all these horrible, huge image scroll, image scroll, image scroll. And then you'd press like proposal. It'd be proposal pick. Proposal. <laughs> so before I did the price increase, I did a whole new website with like educational tools and like engagement, like free PDF, like everything and like my story and as many galleries that I felt confident with as I could, even though I knew I wasn't as experienced as someone else might be who's charging this price point. Like, look, this is what I can do. Mm-hmm. And so after all of that, it started coming in in droves, which was fantastic. So all of 2022, um, these are all of those five thousand to seven thousand dollar weddings. That's awesome. It was five thousand, like two hundred and fifty or something like that. And then on top of that, they could add. Um, I started adventure engagement sessions. That was my big thing that I loved. <laughs> I know I've told you about those. A two hour session is what comes with the package, but an adventure engagement session is literally just me all day with you, tagging along in a third wheel on a date. And it was so much fun. Multiple outfit changes. We do it a lot in New Orleans, but I've done it in New York. I've done it in California. Like I've done it in DC. Like it's a blast because it takes the pressure off. Like two hours, I hate hourly anything. Like two hours, they get anxious. They're like, oh no, we just chit-chatted for 15 minutes. And I'm just like, don't worry about it. Like it's fine. (laughs) Calm down. Like I'm not going to nickel and dime you for like 30 minutes over. Um, But an adventure engagement session, the whole day so like in the middle of the session i just did one in memphis a couple months ago we went to a brewery got beers got burgers got pretzels and we went back to the house changed into the next outfit then went to the next shoot like it was it's fine it's a date so then their wedding's coming up it's going to be a five day in the grand caymans and they're like yeah it's going to be a blast i've already like hung out with cheryl for an entire day we facetimed will during the shoot like they're just going to be wedding guests that have cameras during that wedding week so like little things like that like I added and so this is just I'm reaping the benefits of all of that because I have these incredible weddings this year with people that like my style and they are confident in my abilities that's so awesome and you know what I know that when you go to shoot that wedding there's so much more creativity that you'll have because you understand the clients from that experience Hell so it's yeah. like adding value, but yet adding fulfillment. Well, like on her engage or like on their engagement shoot day, she was chit-chatting about the dress. And she's like, I haven't gone for the second sitting, but she's like secretly while her fiance is looking the other way and she's like blocking it, trying to show me a picture of the dress. And she's like, I'll FaceTime you at the fitting. 
And I was like, oh, okay, God. like that's such an aside <laughs> thing. Like she's gonna be too busy, whatever. She literally in her dress in the salon is FaceTiming. Look at the back of the dress. Like she's now a dear friend of mine. I love her. <laughs> I beg for communication with my clients constantly. I'm like, you have my phone number, like literally call me, beat me, text me, pin something to me, send me an Instagram DM. The more we chit chat, the closer we become, the better the photos are going to be on your wedding day. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's essentially like you become indispensable. Yeah. Well, and I want to know. I want to know what the back of your dress looks like. It's fun. I'm excited. (laughs) And then you're more prepared. Yeah, exactly. For this price increase, 5000 I know right now you're starting at? seven eight, seven eight. So how did that happen? Where did that transition happen? So the 5000 booked really quickly after that first initial lull. Once I was almost fully booked for 2022, I changed. So I changed my prices maybe four or five months ago. Time is a flat circle. I have no idea. (laughs) Four or five months ago um, at the encouragement of photography friends, including yourself. (laughs) Keep going. Keep going, Cheryl. Just make it more expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I knew the 5,000, I wasn't charging additional for travel back then. And when you fly two people, hotel room and rental car, it was pretty much back to the 2500 yeah. um, that I was shooting at before, which, yay, $2,500, but then editing. So it was one of those, like, we were back to, like, $3 an hour kind of thing. <laughs> so I knew I wanted to increase my prices. I did not want to be starting a $10,000 mark because for some reason I had, like, a mental block about $10,000 back then. So I made it seven eight, And that booked almost immediately. And I'm convinced that the clients that booked me at the 7-8 would not have booked me at the 5,000. Like, I think it's a completely different kind of clientele. I was able to like, oh, these are the clients, like I'm wearing Jimmy Choo sneakers to their wedding. They're the ones that are going to notice. Like it was was that kind of thing. They cared a lot more about their florals. They cared a lot more about, like they wanted a photographer at a certain price point which made me have to up my game, which was fun. Like, I liked that. I got to work, or I am about to work with incredible wedding planners that I'm really excited about. I was working with wedding planners prior, but these are ones that I've been following for years that like now I'm working with. And it's an honor for me because these girls are like, oh my God, I booked you 16 months out. I got the best of the best. I'm so excited. And that to me is like, "Ah, I love you. Like, this is awesome. So like little things like that, like that price bump, it changed the game for me. And that price bump, that is starting price. And my average right now is between 10 and 11,000. My most expensive is that uh, Pakistani wedding next month in like 14.8. Wow. Look at you, girl. Four days, but still. (laughs) That is incredible. So did you change your booking process in any way? No, no, not, not at all. I just changed the number. Like I changed it, like the little PDFs that I send out, I've always had the same email because I don't copy and paste. I just like spitball, like, hi, my name's Cheryl. Let me check my calendar. Oh, I am available for that date. And like, if they like that casualness, they're going to like me on Zoom. I always have a Zoom consultation prior to signing because I want to make sure that we have rapport. And I say that in the initial email, like it's really important to me. Like, yes, I am available for the date, but I want to get to know you. Because, and I say this in the email, if you don't think I'm funny, 
you're not going to think I'm funny on your wedding day. He's in a real. I'm just keeping it real. And I joke with Will because he's like every client that we have, he's like, that was the most fun wedding. And then the next weekend, that was the most fun wedding. Oh my God, those guys, they were so much fun. That was the most fun wedding. I'm like, yeah, I'm cherry picking our future best friends through <laughs> the consultation. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're in our Miami wedding we had last weekend was incredible. But now we're in a group text with the bridesmaid and the groomsmen and the bride and groom to plan a vacation for next year. <laughs> Wow. But it's because like if I find people that are of like mind and like spirit and we're going with the flow, but attention to detail and love artistry and things like that, then if we get along, your photos are going to be gorgeous. Like I'm not even worried. Like everything could go wrong on the wedding day. But if my couple is at ease and their shoulders aren't up to their ears and they're not stressed, like things like that, if I can help them be at ease And in doing so, me being a friend on their wedding day versus a vendor, because that's what I strive for. I want to be their friend on their wedding day, not not the person they paid to be there. It makes all the difference. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, no one, everyone is always thinking, what do I look like in front of the camera? But I think having you being that friendly, honest, a true, genuine friend, it allows them to relax and just put that trust in your hands. So you kept your process the same, which is incredible. And I think I go go back to how you said, you know, that those weddings, you had some of the 2,500 that were still really incredible and you shot them like they were the $10,000 wedding. Do you feel like from that moment through now has allowed you to create a more elevated, a more genuine, continually more and more genuine portfolio that that might've been the backbone to get you to that price point? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if I had shot that wedding in a way that was like, oh, this is just like to make the money and like, I'm not going to use this, like whatever. If my heart wasn't in it, if I wasn't pushing myself to make creative art, you're starting from here instead of here. Yeah. So I was constantly pushing and they noticed and appreciated So they would refer me and they would recommend me and that propelled me and made me grow so much faster. One of my favorite $2,500 weddings, the wedding cake was from Whole Foods. You know what I mean? And like, they just put fruit around. It was, it was delicious. There was not a single slice saved because it was that Chantilly uh, white cake with the fruit from Whole Foods. And they just stacked them on top of each other. Cost 300 bucks. You know how much a wedding cake costs. Oh yeah. Fantastic. Photographed it beautifully. Great cake. All of that. But like, I didn't make them feel like this was a low-end wedding. Mm-hmm. Like I shot it like it was a high-end wedding that I was going to get published in Brides or Vogue or something like that. Like I treated every single one of my clients like they were the big time. Because in that moment, they were. They were my yeah. client. <laughs> They're the rock stars. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. it absolutely helps me propel to where I am today with the price point that I'm at. Absolutely. Were there any things you picked up along the way that you were able to show your value further, whether it was like phrases on those first discovery calls or the way that you presented yourself? Like, is there anything that, because like, for example, when we do calls, there are sayings that we'll say, and I know it helps the client to say, aha, yes, I get it. Is there anything that you picked up along the way? So I second shot for this wedding photographer of mine, good friend to this day, loved her. I second shot. But for some reason, as the second shooter, I was with the bride all day instead of the groom. And I think she just, she wanted to shoot grooms. She always shoots brides, so she wants to shoot grooms. 
Brian and I are still friends to this day. And she, at one point on the fourth bottle of champagne I had brought to she and the bridesmaids, she's like, look at Cheryl. She's just a bridesmaid with a camera. Because I was taking pictures and pouring champagne. And that has literally been a tagline on my website, on my Instagram bio. Like I've had clients on initial calls quote that to me. And they realized very early on because I am so casual. And not casual like in an unprofessional way, just like in a not stuffy way. Because if mm-hmm. I was stuffy, I'd be pretending. I'm the farthest thing from stuffy. <laughs> um, like, I'm not proper. Like, I'm constantly messing with my hair. I washed it for you. Like, and they get that vibe. <laughs> I love it. They get that vibe very quickly. And it takes the pressure off of them because I'm. they can tell I'm not judging them. I'm literally just a friend who wants to make sure that they have gorgeous photos for their wedding day. So that is something like the bridesmaid with the camera. Like I hugged her. I saw her at a Bacchus Falls, not last year. And she ran up to me and hugged me. And I was like, did you notice the quote? And she's like, I did that. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. I do feel like I get a sense immediately from that quote of who you are and what I can expect. That's amazing. Throwing the bride's duffel on my shoulder with her like reception shoes in it, like throwing it into the limo, like as I'm getting the shot, like I'm not thinking about it. I'm just doing it because I've been a bridesmaid also a hundred times and I have a thousand best girlfriends. Like I'm just there to get it done. (laughs) Like, How can I help you have the least stressful day with the most beautiful pictures? That's incredible. That's been my, I haven't changed. (laughs) (laughs) You've just gotten a lot more real along the way. You've like started to realize like, okay, it is okay to be this way. I love being this way. And you know what? My clients love it too. Yeah. My clients are drawn to it. And when I'm referred by previous clients, that's what they're saying. Like they're not like I had a bride. She was so funny. She's like, they didn't even have to see your photos. I just told them about how awesome you were and how nice you were. And they're like, where can I sign? And, she was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait, I'm a photographer too. <laughs> I take great pictures. I, I take pretty pictures. <laughs> yes. I think at the end of the day, like at our level, we're all great with the camera. We know the settings. We're still learning, of course. And we're like experimenting with different compositions. I know I can learn a lot more with film which I'm reading like 17 books right now on. But like at the end of the day, it's all about personality. They want somebody on their team that makes them feel beautiful, feel confident, feel comfortable. That's not stressing them out. That's not like getting into bickering matches with the maid of all. Like they want somebody on their team that makes them feel like I needed this person. Like this is the person I needed on my wedding day. And I try as hard as I can on my end to be that person for them. And so does my partner. He's always doing magic with the grooms and it's hysterical. He's oh. been asked the groomsmen like 15 times. <laughs> like, we don't have yeah. <laughs> He gets the grooms going for you. Oh, and he, and the photos that he gets. I'm like, he did a dude war last weekend. Oh, my. The first look. And he's like, wait, hold on. Um, He's still in his towel on the bed. <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh, my. <laughs> What's my bride? And she's like, that is so not him, but I love it. Because <laughs> 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 of course I had just like done some like very quick, tasteful bridal boudoirs with like the robe, but like coming down her shoulder and very pretty, sensual, quick. Um, and he's like, hold on, wait, uh, we're finishing up boudoirs over here. And I'm like, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> and it's like, we're of course teasing him mercilessly. And he's like, I didn't even do that for her. I did that for me. 
Oh my word. <laughs> we are spot on. We've just accepted that we're weirdos and our clients love it. And it brings out aspects of them that even like teasingly shock their spouses. Like it's something funny. They have that breath during their wedding day to show their personalities, to be funny, to be silly, to actually celebrate rather than like, okay, now it's time for portraits. Now it's time for this. Now we have to go over here. Now we have to go over there. Now she's about to walk down the aisle. Like, like that's not fun. (laughs) (laughs) fun. (laughs) So it sounds to me like from the beginning of this interview, you know, in the beginning, there was this box and fitting into that box. And it sounds to me as though the more and more that you stepped out of that box and embraced every single part of who you are, the more abundance that came back to you. Tenfold. I could have never imagined. Like it's absolutely wild. (laughs) That's beautiful. So what are you doing right now in terms of marketing? (sighs) Trying to post consistently on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's hard to consistently post on Instagram, especially with the algorithm only giving you like two likes. (laughs) (laughs) That's tough. I try to do Pinterest. I'm not even going to lie. It's awful. I try to do Instagram. That's where most of my inquiries come from. Between inquiries and referrals, like I have on my inquiry, they basically say like, oh, so-and-so, your past bride said, I have to have you. Please have the date available. Like that's a lot of it. I need to focus more on marketing right now, but I'm almost fully booked for 2023. I'm partially booked for 2024 at this point. So it's one of those, like, if I market too much, I'll overwhelm myself with the client calls and things like that. I like it kind of small right now. I like keeping it in the family. Like I did two, the brides were three months apart and it was, I shot the bride and then one of the bridesmaids was my bride three months later. Oh, like, all things like, like, I like to see my brides as now the bridesmaid and like keep it kind of in the family. I don't want to. Well, I'm very grateful for everyone that I have as a wedding. But because I have such personalized relationships with each of them, if I spread myself too thin, I think I would lose some of that magic that I have uh. at- for right now. And that's why I try, I limit my weddings to 30 a year, which is a lot, but it still allows me to have weekends where I'm doing engagement sessions or I'm going to concerts with my friends. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Little things like that. Because if I'm burnt out, my clients can tell that I'm burnt out and I do not want that. So I've got like strict rules, like no two in one weekend. Like I never do a Friday wedding or a Saturday wedding. Like little things like that. Yeah. Um, so that I can keep that personalized experience, that like COVID mindset when it was so personal and so intimate. Like I want to keep that. And if I expand too, too, too much, then I feel like that would be the thing that goes to the wayside. Yeah. I always feel that marketing is such a hot question for photographers. You know, mm-hmm. how, you know, where do I go with my marketing? What should I be doing? And I really find that the heart and soul of your business is really and truly at the weddings itself. Yeah. You know, how you show up, the guests are all seeing you. And it seems like that has been true for you as well, is that that is the strongest form of marketing in itself. Absolutely. The wedding that I shot this past weekend, I've got three weddings from that wedding. Wow. Like, it's just because the bride grabs one of the bridesmaids. And this is Cheryl. She's newly engaged. Why <laughs> <laughs> little things like that. But yeah, if they can see me work, like, because if we're on a call, you can tell my personality, this, that, and the other, but you don't know what I'm like on your wedding day. I could be like a Jekyll and Hyde. I'm not. <laughs> but like, what if I'm 
effervescent on a Zoom call, but then on the wedding day, I had been exhausted from the night before and I'm in a grumpy mood and I'm grumpy at your wedding. Like, no, like one, that's not me. So it's not going to happen. But like me saying that isn't going to convince the client. Them seeing me at that wedding, not sitting down once, helping the bride, like that's better than any referral. A referral is fantastic, but them actually seeing me work is so beneficial. 100%. So that's really where it comes from and why I try to not overbook and why I try to make sure that like my clients and I get along so well. Like it doesn't feel like work on the wedding day. And they can tell that. You referenced earlier, like, you know, you want to make sure you have that time to go to concerts and, you know, just that you're not overworked and burn out. What are some things or some boundaries you've put in place to put Cheryl first? So no matter what, I only do 30 weddings a year. This past year, I've already gotten like 120 inquiries. So like it's one of those like wow. and very quickly. And if I get on a call with somebody and I don't think they're a match, I am during the call referencing and referring them to a friend of mine who I think would be a better fit just because I do want to keep it intimate. And I don't do Fridays and Saturdays. I have a lot of friends that do. Um, that was another blessing of COVID. I wasn't double booked. Uh, By the time things opened up already, like my calendars were open. So I was able to still keep it that one wedding a weekend Mm -hmm. um, kind of thing. And just communication with clients and things like that. Like they have full access to me all the time, no matter what. But none of them take advantage of that. I have some people like my pin on Pinterest notifications, they stop at 10. But like I've once liked a pin that one of my soon to be brides had pinned at like 1 a.m. and I liked it. And she texted me and she's like, go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Little things like that. So like, I try to keep that balance. This past weekend, I did not have a wedding. I wound up editing all weekend, which I try not to do, but I'm a little behind. Too many, too many destination weddings. But like my friends went out with Will to like go get drinks, go get dinner, stuff like that. And then I finished editing at 11. They all come over just to hug me. (laughs) <laughs> and then they leave. <laughs> I try to keep the balance. Um, Will and I always try to do a date night once a week where we don't talk about work. It's normally traveling to the weddings that were like, this is the name of the mother of the bride. This is the name of the father of the groom. These are the dynamics of the family. Like we're talking about like the venue, things like that. Because at this point, I've already done a venue walkthrough. He's never seen the venue. So I'm showing him videos. Like little things like that. We do prep then. We try not to prep during the week. Like we try to keep it just like our relationship, our regular life rather than it being wedding, 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 even though I'm constantly wedding. (laughs) Things like that. But yeah, work-life balance. We try to do massages. So after a wedding, I know you know like this, your feet hurt and your shoulders hurt and your neck hurt, no matter what. Like you can be in the best shape of your life, but you've been on your feet for so long and you're carrying all this heavy equipment. I've been trying to book, even though it's not a tax write-off, lol, <laughs> kind of book massages for us. That's that's like a treat that we're trying to do for ourselves. Because for anyone out there that might be watching this that is not a wedding photographer yet, it's taxing on your body. Like you have to try to like stay in shape. You have to try to like eat the right food, like drink a ton of water, try to lay off sugar, like because your body will get exhausted really, really quick. Yeah. So that for sure. Snacks are important. Oh, yeah. Oh, I bring snacks to the wedding because I love to taste the wedding food. But after 18 weeks straight of wedding food, I need just like some granola and some energy balls. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) So along the way, what do you think were some weaknesses 
in the beginning perceived weaknesses that now are strengths? I think that one of my perceived weaknesses early out was just my inexperience. I think people doubted, they used it as an excuse, like, oh, well, I have 400, 500 weddings under my belt and I'm not charging those prices. Like, I heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, little things like that that were could have been discouraging, but I just didn't listen to it. Like, I had my photographer friend's support system, <laughs> I was about to say support group, that like just encouraged me into like, keep going, you do you, don't listen to the people being negative. So I just removed all negativity. Even friends that would like question like, oh, that's a lot to pay for a photographer. I'm like, well, I'm not your photographer. Little things like that. Like I didn't let those negative things get to my head. I just kept going with what felt right to me. And I knew the clients would follow. Wow. So you realize, hey, look, I got the power here. And I have to choose what narrative I'm going to subscribe to. Exactly. No matter what, I always told myself. And back then I was like, that was bold of me. But I was like, no matter what, even if I don't get this booking with this wedding, someone's going to book for that date. And I always just said, I was like, somebody's going to book for that date. It's not a big deal. And like, I just threw that into the universe. And now this entire year is booked and all of next year is pretty much booked. And like, yeah, it worked. Somebody was going to book that date. That client that I thought was a dream client obviously wasn't a dream client because she didn't see me as her dream photographer. Mm. So it was one of those, just keeping a positive mindset and keeping the people around you also like positive is so beneficial. And it keeps you from like the burnout and discouraging thoughts and like stuff like that. Yeah, 100% this career is really based on your ability to keep that faith. Because yep. there is that ebb and that flow, the up oh, and absolutely. down, you know, this quiet absolutely. times. You got to keep the faith because it's always coming. Yeah. You know, it's always going to come. It's been an awesome ride. So. <laughs> so tell me about these friends that you have and, you know, how they support you and how you support them. What does that look like? Are you vulnerable with them? Is it phone calls? Like if somebody out there was looking for friends, you know, as a photographer and they're new to this, because I know when I first started, I had no one as well. What would you recommend to them? So there are so many resources for meeting people, including through you, but really just like finding those niches, if it all be at local or online, things like that. The people that I met, we all were in Marissa Morrison's class uh, on Facebook, and then we all met at Ohika and fell in love, and we've been together ever since. It's a constant group text, FaceTiming, Zooming. I've already like seen videos of Sarah. She's in Italy right now. (laughs) Incredible. Um, Brandon was texting me right before this about a wedding, like little things like that, like just constant communication, but it also not just being about photography, because if you're constantly like with any friend, like if you're like you and me, if we're constantly just talking about one aspect, the relationship or the friendship becomes one sided. As in any friendship, it has to not just be the girl you go to brunch with, like the girl you talk to photography about. Like you have to like build that relationship like in multiple different ways. And that's what we've built. And it's been fantastic because we've all grown so much. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any moments that you can think of where you were questioning something or you just really needed that extra support and they really came through for you? Oh, I had a wedding not three weeks ago that I was an absolute wreck for because I knew it was going to rain. And I always, always have a rain option. 
<laughs> the, the ceremony space was a church. The reception space was indoors, but all the portraits were going to be outside. And I had a rain option, but I didn't like it because she had 20 bridesmaids and 20 groomsmen. Oh, man. Wow. Such a big wedding party. Such a big wedding party. And the indoor option, it was real cramps for how far back you had to go for these portraits. Like you could see the ceiling. And I was just like, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And I called Sarah and Sarah Marks Photography. You should check her out if you're having a small, <laughs> intimate elopement in Europe. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out. Shut up. <laughs> but I called her and I was just like, oh, my God, this is kind of laugh. And of course, I don't let the bride and groom suit. Like, I am in my car driving from point A to point B. And I'm just like, no. Ah. <laughs> she's like, no, it's going to be fine. You're going to photograph it beautifully. Like, it's not a big deal. And she's like, and you're the queen of Photoshop, because I'm actually very confident in my Photoshop skills. <laughs> I can remove anything from anything. And she's like, and if it looks bad, you can fix it. Like, it'll be okay. And she's like, you got this. You need anything else? I'm like, no, I'm good. We love you. Love you. <laughs> just like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm sure. I'm cool. I got this. <laughs> I love that. I up like that. Like, um, Juliana, Sarah, Branson, and I, we were shooting Greystone a couple weeks ago. And uh, we literally all just did like a group huddle hug before the wedding. We're like, we got this. We're awesome, y'all. <laughs> before it went to the most, one of the most important weddings ever. <laughs> At one of the most beautiful venues ever. We're like, okay, group huddle. Everyone, camera batteries, check. Memory cards, check. Don't check. <laughs> <laughs> and break. Like little things like that. Like, it's just, you know, you can lean on them. You know unquestionably like they'll never put you on voicemail they will always answer the phone they're there for you and they understand it because they've also been in the trenches they understand like i love my dear friends like my best friends that are like i go to lunch with and stuff like that like at home i can't talk to them about how stressful a wedding day is or like oh i'm having issues this wedding coming up it's like a and b and i'm worried about c like they don't they don't understand or they try to be supportive and they try to be sweet, but like, there's no solutions. <laughs> like I text Juliana, like, how do you shoot this hotel? And she sends me three galleries. Like, it's one of those kind of things that like, it's just, I don't know where I'd be without them. They're incredible. Yeah. So, I love it. I don't realize Marissa is one of these people. <laughs> well, I love you too. It's just that constant shift of like, you know, when you're spinning into that possible negativity or the door, you're like hinging at the door and they're like, wait a minute, just like, it's yeah. okay. I got you. Remember sometimes, who you are. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a pep talk. Yeah. Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> Call me anytime, Marissa. <laughs> oh, I might take you up on it. <laughs> so where do you see yourself going in the next few years? So people ask me this all the time. They ask if I'm going to go into education. I say, no, absolutely not. I'm not. Sorry. <laughs> um, I love shooting weddings. Everything that involves weddings, I am involved with. I'm looking into hiring a planner for my team. Associate shooters, not so much, but a wedding planner that they could hire if they want to, just because a lot of the time, even if there is a day of wedding planner or a month of wedding planner, I wind up doing a lot of it. I know you know what that's like. I make the timelines. I'm the one following the timelines. I'm the one keeping everybody. Boom, 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 boom. So I've got a few people that I'm interviewing about being that point person. So when I am talking about my packages, if you would like to hire a day of or a month of coordinator, like I do have someone on my team 
So I am flirting with that idea right now, just because that is a part of my experience that if I can control it, it'd be one less variable that I'm unsure about. Like if I know that I can lean on the day of coordinator, the day of planner to be as meticulous as me and have my personality and not like barge into the bridal suite, we're 15 minutes late, like little things like that. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and it changes the energy. I don't want the energy change. And I'm very protective of the energy. <laughs> Woosa, happy thoughts. <laughs> I'm thinking about that. But because we're shooting so much destination lately, I don't know how realistic that would be. Like their price point of flying in three people instead of two, things like that. But it's definitely something for local weddings that I'm absolutely considering right now. There are a few wedding planners local that I absolutely love. But a lot, I don't know them and I get nervous. <laughs> so don't know if you want to keep that in. <laughs> no, that's perfect. I love it. I love it. Um, I really do. But yeah. So other than that, um, 2023 is probably 60% destination right now. And the destination weddings are four and five and six day weddings. We're shooting the Grand Caymans this upcoming year, which I'm so excited about. We're shooting two in Mexico. We're doing uh, Voltaire, Italy, which we're ecstatic about. Little things like that, like, and I know in the New Orleans ones are dream venues. Like, I'm doing Noma in a few months. And oh my goodness. that was something, like, when I was a little girl, I wanted to get married at Noma. Yeah, <laughs> it's so beautiful. When I, yeah, and when I decided I was going to be a wedding photographer, I was like, I want to shoot the New Orleans Cathedral, because it's it's the New Orleans Cathedral. And I was like, I want to shoot Noma. And, like, I remember <laughs> on my, like, first little goals, both of those things were on my goals. And now I'm shooting Noma and I have a great relationship with them over there. And I'm so excited. And I'm like, wow, that's going to be one of those galleries that I look back at four years from now, five years from now, and pinch myself. Like, I can't believe I got to do that wedding. And more and more as I book, that's the wedding that I'm shooting. The ones where I know four and five years from now, I'm not going to be like, ooh, let's delete those from my Instagram. And I'm like, no, I'm going to keep posting these. Like, people are going to get sick of this wedding <laughs> because I'm sharing it so much. But that has so much to do with just me knowing my voice, knowing my style. Like my potential clients know if I'm excited about their wedding and they get excited because I'm excited. Like I don't have a poker face. So when they're like, oh yeah, we're doing Noma. I'm like, hire me. <laughs> hire me. Like it's going to be beautiful. Trust me. <laughs> Little things like that. So it's, it's so awesome. exciting. Yeah. So the weddings I have this upcoming year are just the pinch me weddings. Maybe later on, I'll go back to smaller weddings just because it's easier on you physically. But I like my 500 person weddings. I, I teased about the 20 bridesmaids and 20 groomsmen, but they were all a blast. And they all heist up the bride <laughs> and the groom and they were awesome on the dance floor. And that's what you want. If you've got a squad that big, if the only an annoying part is like getting them all to stand and having the space big enough to fit, that's fine. We'll figure it out. Will's really good at fitting them. But like having that many people to love and support you, the more the merrier. Bring them all on. Every wedding's different and every wedding reaffirms that I'm doing the right thing with my life. That's that's, that's how it feels at this point. So it's fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, and like every single part of your journey has led you to this. Whatever comes next is just going to continue to lead you to that clarity of this is the life I want. Yeah. 
I wake up every day and I'm just excited. Like I tease. I'm like, oh, I'm editing for 10 hours. I'm like, I'm editing a gorgeous wedding of clients that I'm obsessed with. I'm like texting them previews as I'm editing. I'm like, not professional. Like, please don't post this. This is not ready. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like little things like that. Like I love what I do. If I'm working 90 hours a week because I'm trying to like edit 12 hours a day and then shoot a wedding, it's because I want to. It's because I'm passionate about it. It's because I'm excited about it. And then like the wedding day comes and it's the Super Bowl because that's like the fun day. And so like, it's just every week is like that. So that is yeah. absolutely I'm thrilling it. to think about, you know, that's what business should be. Truly. Right. That's what it should be. So how did you get into destination? I know that that like, that was such a big part of who you were when you first got into this yeah. with your experience traveling, but how did you start to get those bookings? I think that's what it was. I started posting every once in a while, like Serengeti or Bali. And I always, with my captions on Instagram and on my website, talk about my experiences traveling. I'm not some green person who's like, I want to shoot weddings and blah, blah, blah. Never been there, doesn't know the culture. Like, I lived in England. Like, I lived in Tanzania. Like, I'm very comfortable and confident. Like, a eight-hour flight versus a two-hour drive, it makes no difference to me. And I think they sensed that confidence. My couple getting married in Italy have never been to Italy. I've been to the city they're getting married in. So it's one of those, like, I was very confident. I was like, oh, yeah, you fly in here, rent a car, drive in. Like, God, like I knew the area to an extent, even though I hadn't been there in years. And that was an additional, like, confidence for them. Like, they were sure of it instead of, like, hiring someone local. Because that's always the argument. Like, why fly someone in? Like, instead of just getting someone local who knows the area, knows the culture, things like that. And so it's one of those give and takes. Um, but I think the clients could just tell that I was comp- like, I'm a very capable traveler. I got my first passport at three. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, traveling. Yeah, I'm, my dad worked internationally. So he, he was a lawyer and he worked in New York, Texas, Louisiana, and then in London. So we would always wind up going to London. And so a six hour and eight hour flight that I just, the moment the engine turns on, I'm asleep. So like, I'm not even jet lagged by the time I get to the wedding destination. I'm like, here I am. (laughs) It's the bride and groom who are like, don't talk to me for like a day. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I, I'm just very comfortable with traveling. I love it. Being able to share that excitement of travel with my clients who might not be as experienced traveling is really fun. My Grand Caymans couple, they really haven't traveled at all. And I used to be a diver. So I'm like, well, the Grand Caymans is some of the best diving in the world. Like, let's get you all some snorkels and we can have a snorkel day. And they're like, oh, I love that. So much fun. But like, just using my past experiences, using my passions and like, not educating, because that sounds almost condescending, but like sharing with them my love of certain things makes them even more excited. Yeah. They have that trust in you. Yeah. Uh, Was there anything else that you did? I know that you had those photos from your travels and you had that expertise and experience and passion for the culture. Was there anything else that you did in terms of like building your portfolio to also reflect the destination before you were booking on? New Orleans is a destination in and of itself. It is for so many people. I've shot couples from California and in New York that come to New Orleans for a New Orleans wedding. Like it's like one of the most European-esque cities in the country. Like it's it's very fun. It's got a culture unto itself, things like that. Like people are drawn to it. So I think being in New Orleans already 
makes you a destination photographer to an extent for people that don't live in New Orleans. Like it's so many different like cultures and so much like different kind of architectures and styles. Like you've got the Oaks of City Park, but then you have like the Marini Opera House. Like it's very, it's very different. But also a lot of locals don't like to get married in New Orleans. A lot of them post-COVID with the reschedules and things like that realized that if they wanted to get married in New Orleans, they'd have to get married in New Orleans in 2024. So a lot of them realized for the same price, they could go to Mexico. For the same price, they could go to St. Thomas. For the same price, they could go to the Grand Caymans. And I just, my argument was like, yeah, sure. If you want to change it to a destination, it's literally just a flight. Like New Orleans to St. Thomas is a four-hour flight. New Orleans to the Grand Caymans is a three and a half hour flight. Like Cancun, I can swim there. (laughs) We are so fortunate because we are in, it's not as big of a hub as like a Houston or an Atlanta, but like New Orleans is a big hub to an extent for a smaller city. So like we can get to where we need to go easily. Like there's a red eye to London, like nonstop. Like we're incredibly fortunate. So I think that argument, I'm not in some very small city. I don't know even what to say. (laughs) Like it's 15 minutes from my apartment to the New Orleans airport. I can be there. It's not a big deal. Like in yeah. a lot of engagement sessions, I, I always encourage. I'm like, if you do a day of or a day long, my adventure engagement session, and I'm like, we can do it wherever you want. Like, y'all fell in love in New York City, let's go to New York. You fell in love in, in California, let's go to California. You want to do it in Mexico, let's go to Mexico. The travel for me, like I live in a like with a bag over my shoulder. Like I can pack a month's worth of clothes and a carry-on. <laughs> teach me your ways Cheryl right well I didn't bring my camera equipment my camera equipment because I'm like two big suitcases every time oh my goodness I love it I know that yeah that's incredible it seems to me almost like you really manifested this into your life like this you just were confident to say hey I want to travel if you want to travel let's do it and it was more of that yes it was having some of the photos from different places and the experience which is a huge part of it but also just that confidence to tell your clients and to bring it up to them and to almost plant the seed in a way for them yeah it encourages them to think outside of the box And that's what I'm always trying to push my clients to do. Let's make it as personal as possible to you. Like like, if you want to make it a date weekend, oh, I've always wanted to go to Chicago. Let's go to Chicago. I I don't even hesitate. I'm like, I'm free for the whole weekend because I don't double book. Let's do it. Let's go. Wow. So I know this is a lot of, you know, your day in and day out. It's a lot of go, 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 keeping up with clients, keeping up with your tasks. How do you stay motivated? When I'm tired, I sleep. <laughs> when I'm awake, I work. If I don't feel inspired, I don't push myself to work. I've done that in the past where like I'm just not in a creative mindset and I try to edit and everybody looks like Smurfs. Everybody winds up being <laughs> like, but it's one of those that you come back to it after and you're like, this is a terrible edit. And I have to remind myself that like painting and photography, like it's if you're not in a creative headspace of painting, how are you supposed to paint a masterpiece? Like if you're not right. like headspace with photography like I'm I'm always like the wedding day I'm shooting the photos like I got it like that's my Super Bowl like that's when I actually get to like be creative with my clients but the editing like I'm an extrovert so like I like being around people in the go 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 so when it's just me and my cat and my computer it's harder to be motivated so when I'm not in those creative headspaces I give myself the grace to go for a walk 
to pet my cat, to go take a bath, go take a jog, like little things like that, like cook dinner for Will, like something fun until I'm back in that creative headspace. And then I go back to editing. And then I'm like really like jazzed and excited to do it. Um, Yeah. Forced anything because then that's when it stops being fun. And I'm really selfish. I like to have fun. (laughs) That is life. That's what life is all about. Do this because I enjoy it. The moment it feels like work, it's going to show in my art. Like it's going to show that I'm not having fun in what I produce. Yeah. Um, That's so incredible. I just try to give myself grace. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know there's so many photographers that feel that there has to be this, you know, one way of staying organized and productive and you have to fit it into a schedule or a mold. And that certainly works for some people, but I know that my own experience and like you're sharing, it's that flow. It's that listening to that inner voice. That's like, let's go, let's rest, let's play, let's explore. And Feeling all of those areas of yourself, I think, is what keeps you full and bringing your full capacity to the table. Yep, absolutely. I could not say it better myself. I honor you for that because that takes a lot of awareness because, you know, when you're not working, there's often that pressure of feeling like you need to work. So it's like being able to just let it go and say, it's going to be there. It's okay. I've got this. One of the challenges of being self-employed, like you don't have a boss over you sending you emails. Hey, how's that gallery coming? Like it's just you and your clients. And like, if you fall to the wayside, your entire business falls to the wayside. You can't like blame it on anyone other than you. So there's always that kind of stress, like that little demon on your shoulder. But I just, I'm like, I'm an artist first and foremost. And if I'm in a negative headspace, I'm going to make bad art. Like I'm a tool, like you're a tool. Like we have to keep, make sure like the knife is sharp if we're going to cut like little things like that. So you have to take care of yourself. And that's also why like I do next day previews for all my weddings. They always get between like 40 and 60 like previews the next day and they're beautiful and stuff like that. It's before the film comes back. So I always speak a little bit, but um, they always get next day previews. And then after that, I don't check emails. And this is like on Sundays. I don't check emails. I don't look at the previews again. I normally get a text from my bride. She's crying. Oh my God, I just got off the plane. I saw that the photos are here. And like, they all start posting and they'll share it. But then I'm off of Instagram. I'm off of emails. I'm going to go watch a trashy TV show. I'm going to go for a job. (laughs) I'm going to eat junk food and I'm going to sleep the rest of the day because I deserve it. (laughs) And then Monday, I'm back to work. But like little things like that, you have to schedule in like, I'm not going to do work. But that also, I wasn't like that in the beginning. In the beginning, I was like, oh my God, I I can't sit down. I have to work. And like, it was so much so my family and friends saying, Cheryl, all your hair is going to fall out. Like, calm down. And that's why I'm now in this positive headspace. I wasn't always like that. Like, I had to become more confident and grow in my craft and grow in my work and grow in my flow to have a positive headspace. So, like, people listening, I don't want them to think that, like, I've always been like, no, like, it takes work and it takes reminding because sometimes, like, I skipped out on going to dinner with my friends on Saturday because I was in, like, I was feeling it. I was editing. Like, it felt good. I knew I didn't want to stop. So, like, I kept going. But if I hadn't have been in that positive headspace, I'm like, oh, I could be with my friends right now. Like, I know that the art wouldn't have been pretty. So, like, it's knowing that from experience and messing up in the past where I am today, like how I'm living and making decisions and things like that. 
Absolutely. And, you know, it really does take that experience to gain the wisdom. And I also know, too, one thing to speak to that makes me super excited for you is I see this constant theme of with photographers, let's say that their portfolio is progressing over a few years and they're looking Mm -hmm. back, look how much my work has changed in the last two years. And what I find in terms of really reaching a point of mastery and confidence and price point, financial freedom, creative freedom, all the things that we all seek is years of a solid body of work. And you referenced earlier how these weddings you've got coming up, that they are going to be solid for years. And so that just is so thrilling and exciting to think about because you have literally begun that, you know, of from here on out. And I know even before, but I know that you feel this sense of I've arrived in a certain essence of where you thought you would be at some point in your journey. You're there. And it's like, it's just going to keep getting better. And that makes me so happy for you. Thank you. So what do you feel like you've learned the most in this experience of being a wedding photographer? (laughs) I wasn't prepared for this question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the thing I've learned most from being a wedding photographer is about myself, being self-aware, like you said before. I've learned so much about my mindset my happiness, like what brings me joy. Like I am a true extrovert. When I'm around people, I am at my happiest, like things like that. That's why like a party atmosphere is like, it's my high because like everyone's joyous and happy and like I can be joyous and happy with them. And like my exuberance isn't over the top because they're also exuberant. (laughs) Little things like that. Like I've learned so much about myself and that makes me a stronger friend to my friends, a partner to my partner, a family member to my family member. Like I've found it and it makes me feel whole, which allows me to be better in all my aspects of my life. Absolutely. 100%. I always love to think like who you are is so much more important than business because you are your business. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right, Cheryl. So what advice would you give someone that is currently a wedding photographer and they're facing a lot of doubt in their ability and their potential in charging more and really reaching that next level? I would say focus on what brings you the most fulfillment because that personal voice that makes you individual to you is what people are going to pay the higher price points for. It's not the poor imitation of somebody like famous, like a famous photographer, things like that. The more you imitate, the more you're going to feel like you're an imposter. So like find your voice, like these weddings that you're shooting, like shoot the bread and butter, the water cooler, like photos, like get all the main shots. But then also on top of that, get some photos for you that brings you joy because those will bring your clients joy. Like that's where the artistry comes in. That's where the mastery comes in. That's where once you find your voice, this higher price points come in. People will then see like, ooh, that's the photo I want at my wedding. She captured it. I want her as my photographer. She gets it. She like focused on this or shot it this way or edited this way. Like those clients will find you and that's where you can charge more. So yeah, just trust that little voice that I was talking about before. Like let it shout. And yeah, like that's how you can get past that imposter syndrome or the negativity or that lull. You won't grow if you're trying to be somebody else. Only you can be you. Oh, preach girl. (laughs) 
So where can someone find you? I know that everyone's going to want to follow your journey and continue to cheer you on. Where can we find you on Instagram? And maybe your, I'll of course include your website in the links. My Instagram is Cheryl Cole Photography, C-H-E-R-Y-L-C-O-L-E Photography. My website is the same, Cheryl Cole Photography. I'm based out of New Orleans, but also I'm a destination wedding photographer. So I travel all over the country, all over the world. I'm almost fully booked for 2023, but I still do have some openings. So hit me up. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about it. I'm on TikTok, but <laughs> I'm not hip with the TikTok. I'm me trying. Neither. Trying. I have a hundred followers on TikTok. <laughs> I love it. Better than me. Well, Just three people liking my videos. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about it. Otherwise, you can find me at the Chloe at Happy Hour in New Orleans. <laughs> that sounds like a really good time. Yeah, we should do it sometime. Maybe absolutely. Now. <laughs> it's a date. Let's make it happen. Well, well thank you so much for joining the show and sharing your heart and being so vulnerable. I know that there's so much wisdom to gain from our conversation, whether it's the courage to step into your trueness and the strength that is within that is only you or whether it's the confidence to say, hey, I'm going for it. I'm going to raise my prices. Or whether it's just simply having a partner stand alongside you and having that beautiful relationship of building something together. There was so much gold in our conversation. And I just want to thank you for sharing it with the world so that we can empower others who are going after this incredible dream of being a wedding photographer. Well, thank you so much, Marissa. I appreciate it. Here we are again at the conclusion of another episode. I'm sending you a virtual hug and I want you to know I am so proud of you for staying committed to your dreams. It's all possible and it begins with you. If you'd like to discover more support, visit marissamorrison.net where I have created opportunities for you to connect, expand, and to evolve into your greatest potential. Until next time, friend, I'm thinking of you and sending you all my love.